Welcome everybody to our second episode. Feels so cool to say that. We have the most amazing guest today, uh, Will Acuna Robinson. He is the first known black man to get the Triple Crown of Hiking, um, which is the completion of the Pacific Crest Trail, the Appalachian Trail, and the Continental Divide Trail. It's pretty major. So if any of you listening don't know what that means, we'll talk more about it. Promise. I woke up so happy today just because I got to do this. And that feels like such a, a, a so, like so much healing and a blessing. Not only do I get to talk to someone who means a lot to me, but I also get the joy of knowing that we're all intentionally here together right now as opposed to, you know, all of us scrolling on Instagram at the same time, but, but very much alone. It's a privilege to connect with you in this way. And thank you for being here. Just a reminder, please keep your cameras off. We do have a chat feature. You can uh, put your questions and comments about the show, about anything really that feels on topic. Um, we're going to have a Q&A at the end of this and we'll get to as many questions as we possibly can. So those questions can be to Akuna, they can be to me, um, or about the outdoors in general. Before we go on, I just want to remind you all that Will and I are adults. So there might be some uh, adult language that happens. So if you need to go get your headphones, now's the time, you've been warned. We're not doing this like everyone else. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna do this podcast our way. Working on this podcast has really reignited my creativity and a sense of purpose at a time when I've been feeling kind of like, I don't know what to do with myself and just feeling like my routine is just totally ravaged. You know, it is day 839 of my self-quarantine. I got a text from my best friend yesterday and she was like, I don't, can't figure out how to get on the on the Zoom right now, and, and, and it, she couldn't figure it out because it was Monday. It, it wasn't today. And, you know, it's just like, what are days anymore? You know, we just had a weekend, and I, I think we've lost that weekend feeling. It's just everything feels like a blur. And I'm sure a lot of our essential workers and uh, folks who have to work outside of the home right now are probably kind of sick of hearing those kinds of jokes and or maybe that's just like my inner bitter girl coming out. But, you know, I, I'm also kind of worried that our, our, our thanks are starting to sound like the new thoughts and prayers. I understand that tension and anxiety are mounting all the time. Going to the grocery store has just turned into this incredibly like panic inducing experience. I know that we're all going through that, but I just... Yeah, it's rough out there and I care and you know maybe our thank yous are really hard to hear when you know 99% of us are still affected by this awful system that does not help any of us survive things like this that we can't even really plan for. So thank you. I appreciate you. Especially, you know, maybe just a few shout outs all of you turning old buildings into alternative hospital spaces and the freaking delivery people, um, daycare workers. I have a daycare underneath my apartment building. And of course I'm staying away from that COVID-19 vector, but I just, every day I want to give those people props. They should make statues of y'all along with giving you huge 
checks for your incredible work and service. Thank you so much. It feels really good to have something to be excited about. I've always wanted to start a podcast, but I also hate public speaking. <laughs> and when I listened to the audio from last week's episode with Tashi and Chillis, oh, I think I've decided that public speaking is a little bit better than this, even though I feel compelled to do this anyway. I had to edit out 15 minutes of ums and uhs and long tangential questions where I just couldn't figure out how I wanted to say something. I'm not dogging myself. I'm just sharing a little vulnerability with you. I'm showing up with all of my ignorance on how to do this and all of my rough edges. And you're witnessing me being a big old imperfect human. Um, <laughs> I thank you for being along for the ride. You know, this isn't the next She Explores. A shout out to Gail Straub. I love her. You know, this is just, this is my attempt to create some real connection with us right now. You know, the group hikes that I lead with unlikely hikers are such a huge part of it. And not having that right now, I, it makes me feel a little lost. I wanted to find a way for us to connect in a way that feels, you know, somewhat real. And if you've ever been on our hikes, you know what I mean, that there's magic that happens when we're outside in nature together, even though we're all coming from such different experiences in life. And as we face this unprecedented time for most of us during the COVID-19 pandemic, connection, community, truth, and storytelling feel more important than ever. And this is my attempt to bring the outdoors indoors with all of you. For those of you who don't know what Unlikely Hikers is, uh, it is a diverse, inclusive online community and hiking group for all of us who exist outside of the dominant outdoors narrative, which is most of us. We're people of many identities, many different lived experiences, different body types, abilities, disabilities, and we're telling our own unique outdoor stories and stretching out the idea of who is outdoorsy into something that includes all of us. You can find us on Instagram at Unlikely Hikers and really pretty much every social media platform. And hopefully we'll be leading group hikes again soon. We have arrived at our main event. We have our wonderful guest, Akuna, joining us. So as you all can see, look at us twins. We're both wearing our Latasha Dunstan shirts, Jitterbug Art on Instagram, fellow Merrill ambassador. So Will Akuna Robinson is a veteran of the Army. Will attempted his first through hike to manage PTSD from military service. In 2017, he completed the Pacific Crest Trail. In 2018, the Appalachian Trail. 2019, the Continental Divide Trail, earning him the Triple Crown. And as I said earlier, he is the first known Black man to do this, which is a huge deal. Along the way, his journey morphed into a mission, not just for himself, but to share the healing power of nature with veterans, people of color, and everyone that doesn't fit the stereotype of an outdoorsy person, which, you know, that's speaking my language right there. So welcome, Will. Thank you for being here. Oh, man. Thank you for having me. You know, anytime I can come chop it up with you, it's always a great time, man. 
I know. I, I honestly, even though I'm trying to be a little bit professional while I, you know, debut my second episode of my podcast, I was just so excited to talk to you today. So I really appreciate <laughs> you being here. Oh, um, everybody, no problem. Oh, <laughs> no, no problem. You can hit me up anytime. And also, Will and I actually just saw each other, like, right before my self-quarantine started, I led a hike in New Orleans, and he joined us um, as a co-lead, as just a superstar presence, um, and it was just such a blast. I'm really glad we got to have that experience before, before everything changed. Yeah. I'm so glad that we did too before everything changed. And seeing yeah. you and Bree have some quality, you know, fried chicken just made my yes. day for Oh, the chicken. The chicken. That was like my first question when I got there. I was like, where where should I get chicken? And and you know, the people of New Orleans provided. They I had so many suggestions and oh, it was all good. The eating there was was wonderful. Uh, <laughs> very great experience. <laughs> Will, I've got to ask you how is your self-quarantine going? Uh, you know, it's going. I think I kind of, you know, unintentionally trained for this for many years. You know, uh, dealing with PTSD, I kind of isolated myself and shut myself off to the world, stayed in my home, stayed in my room. So I'm starting to look at it like, you know, maybe I was just prepping all those years for 2020. You know, I mean, I do get a little stir crazy every now and then. And um, if you follow my Instagram, you probably saw that today. You know, I made my own through hike of, of my house, basically, you know, put some uh, stuffed animals around so I could have some wildlife. You know, it was a good time. Oh, my gosh, that's so funny. I really do appreciate how creative everybody has been during this time. I have to say most days I don't feel super inspired to make the most of it, but it, I, I do appreciate seeing everybody else's efforts. Yeah, Bree and I were actually talking about having a little like uh, staycation camping situation. We'll just go down to the edge of a, a river that we love and, and pitch our tents, maybe put up our hammocks, you know, kind of have like some attempt at something normal and fun. That sounds so beautiful. Please put <laughs> up some virtual stuff so we can join oh, yeah. you on that. Oh, definitely. Definitely. What does getting outside look like for you right now while you're self-quarantining? For the most part, getting outside to me now is just kind of hanging out in my yard. You know, I, I'm privileged enough to actually have a yard I can hang out with. And I'm also a lot very privileged that I have, you know, my happy place, the, the marsh trail I go to all the time that's less than 30 minutes from my home. So as of right now with local regulations, I'm still allowed to go there. I uh, try not to frequent it all the time because, you know, you, you want to, you don't want a lot of traffic on them before these places get closed down. But once a week, you know, I've started going out there usually on Sunday. And it's, you know, it's the thing that helps me keep my mental health, you know, because that's what I started hiking for. It wasn't about celebrity or Instagram likes or anything like that. It was about my mental health. So in order to maintain my, my mental health, I'm, you know, I'm keeping that relationship with nature any way I can. I, I completely understand that getting outside is also very vital to my mental health. And uh, I also want to validate the fact earlier you said that you feel like you've kind of been training for this. I also spend an extraordinary amount of time alone. And so I know how to be alone well. And 
but there's also this sort of um childish part of me that's like oh they're telling me i can't go outside well now i really want to go outside and you know just kind of want to push back on that (laughs) i'm with Um, you on that i am getting outside uh in responsible ways and following all of the rules and then some because i also feel like i have to be uh like an example to the outdoor community watching me which is a weird thing i'm sure you can kind of relate in that way um, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, just wanting to set a good example and whatnot. Um, you know, so I think sitting outside in my yard in my chair, watching the cars go by is like my act of rebellion. It's like, hi, I'm outside. You can't do nothing about it. You know, <laughs> hopefully drinking a beer. Yes, definitely. You were just saying about, uh, how you got into hiking. I actually pulled up the first time I ever featured you on Unlikely Hikers, which was in January of 2017. And I mean, so much has changed since then for both of us. Um, Yeah, it was January 2nd, 2017. I'm just going to read it because it's pretty short. I just started hiking this past April, but the idea had been planted long ago. While serving in Iraq as a member of the U.S. Army, I came across a guidebook for the Pacific Crest Trail. Not long after, I was injured and my life became a series of medications, appointments, and doctors telling me what I can and cannot do anymore. After years of battling PTSD and depression, I decided to take back my life. No no better way to do this than to revisit that idea I almost let die. I purchased gear booked a flight, and found the old me on the PCT. Hiking has given me back my confidence, sanity, and life. I'm proud to be hiker trash and very honored to be part of this community of unlikely hikers. I love that so much. It Um, brings back so many memories. (laughs) We've come a long way since then. It's just wild to me that at that time, you had basically just started hiking. And now you're a Merrill-sponsored athlete. You have completed the Triple Crown. You've done so many big things. And it's just amazing to me. I, I, what I would love to know, um, well, recently you had to decide to cancel a big through hike. And I just kind of want you to maybe tell people a little about the trail that you were going to do or that you are going to do later. And also maybe a little bit about your decision to postpone. Okay. Well, the trail I was going to do, I was uh, actually supposed to have left like a week ago to start. It was the uh, North country trail that spans from North Dakota all the way to New York. Uh, for a grand total of 4,100 miles is actually the longest trail in the country. It's just not very well known. And, you know, I was going to attempt to be, I think it's the fifth or sixth person to ever through hike it all in one season. And it went through a part of the country that I haven't had a lot of time to explore or visit. So I was really, really looking forward to this one. Uh, you know, just the planning stages of this trail, since there is no good hooks apps, there's no universal uh, mapping system for it. It took me six months to come up with, you know, a resupply guide, uh, a route, uh, town guides. I mean, I use pretty much every resource I could, National Geographic, 
uh, National Geographic maps, uh, Google maps, researching this, estimates that. And when I finally, you know, kind of like tied the bow around this thing, you know, COVID hit. And, you know, I made the announcement maybe a week ago, but I, I kind of knew for the last two weeks that I was going to end up canceling my hike. You know, I mean, the trail and the communities, they've given me so much, you know, that I wasn't going to risk exposing myself and then unintentionally exposing the communities around there, you know. I, I couldn't do that. To, so to something I love and something that's given so much to me, you know, it's, it sucks. It's hard. You know, I may have shed one single solitary tear, but it's what I needed to do. You know, that, that was partly me giving back to the community that's given me so much. Thank you for sharing that. I it, honestly, it sounds heartbreaking. I, I think about, I, I mean, first of all, 4,000 miles, you might as well just say it's like 16,000 miles to me. <laughs> um, but I mean, how long would something like that take for you? I mean, I, ideally, cause you can't really, you can't really know how some, how long something like that will take. How long did, were you setting aside time for this? I, you know, since I don't have to hike on a schedule, I was going to be out there until I was done or until winter took me out. But the, the goal was to start uh, March 31st and try to get to the end before the end of September, early October. By that time, ended up in, ending in the mountains of New York, there's no way for me to actually hike there safely, you know, mid and late October because you get the winters coming in. And that was something I didn't want any part of. Moving uh, solo, I actually moved faster. So what I needed to average was about 25 miles a day and I could have got there around the second week of September. But um, moving solo, I don't have anybody to talk to. I probably would just keep walking and the average would be closer to 30 miles a day. I, I can't fathom that, but I'm so glad that you can. Uh, I will enjoy following the adventure when it happens from the comfort of my living room. <laughs> I really want to uh, get you out on a through hike one day, Jenny. And I'm thinking Catalina <laughs> Island, you know, uh, 38 miles and takes, say, seven days to do it. Oh, yeah. No, I'm so down for that. That's actually something that I want to do. And I, I definitely want to have longer treks. But I through hiking it doesn't really appeal to me yet and mm -hmm. and at this point i'm kind of thinking it won't but of course i enjoy the the fantastic you know adventure of it and i love following people's through hiking blogs and 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 i i really respect the uh the fortitude it takes to even attempt to do something like that i feel really inspired by that will you tell folks uh how you got your trail name Akuna? All right. Uh, pretty early on my first year on the PCT in 2016, I, I was hiking with a, a, a hiker I met day one and she actually gave me the name. We were sitting around one day at break and she was like, so what are you going to do about resupplies? It's like, you know, I'll figure that out as we get to that point. What about water? It's a dry year, you know, we'll figure something out. We'll make it happen. What about the snow when we get to the Sierras? It's like, we got 700 miles before we got to think about that. So we'll figure it out then. She's like, you know, you just don't worry about anything. And I told her, I, that's what I do in my normal life. I worry about everything. Out here, I'm not trying to worry about anything except where's the next water and am I going the right direction? 
And, you know, from there on, she christened me Akuna Matata, you know, after the Lion King, no worries. I love that. And, and it seems really appropriate knowing you. I, I know exactly what you mean, that the way that your insides, like your, your mind becomes quieted by being out there. I really, I mean, I think that's, that's a huge reason why it, it helps my mental health and so many people's mental health, that, that feeling of just focusing on your immediate needs and not mm-hmm. every awful thing that's ever happened to you or every awful thing about the world. Maybe I'm being a little dramatic. I, I, I don't think so because that is how I think all of the time. Um, but when I am out in nature, I feel like I'm able to find this inner sense of knowing that isn't as intuitive in the rest of my life because I feel so consumed with how bad so many things are, especially right now while we're all going through this. It's a really painful time, I think, in our history. and going outside just feels so I even just yesterday I was so depressed all day and I went out with my dog Big Judy and we just walked along the river and I felt so much better and it really did carry me into this entire day so I just I love that thank you for articulating that I really really get it what (laughs) for everybody who doesn't know what the triple crown is because honestly just hearing those words like what the hell does that even mean you know it it, i explained that it's the completion of those of the three best known uh long trails in the country of course there's many long trails in the country um, but the the big three the pacific crest trail the appalachian trail the continental divide trail what is the significance of you being the first known black man to achieve this. Um, You know, I think a lot of times, especially for white people, you're like, there's a lot of questions like, why bring race into this? Like, this is a great achievement, but you know, why does it matter? And maybe, maybe you can just say a few words about why this matters. You know, I think that it matters mainly because I know some people are going to say this is pretty shallow, but people do things based off of the fact that they seem achievable to them. You know, like uh, when Barack Obama became president, you had little black boys and little black women all over, you know, America saying, guess what? One day when I grow up, I want to be president. So when you see a black male or black female out hiking and, you know, and, achieving so many great things and hitting something like the triple crown it makes it to where this is an obtainable goal for so many people it's like that guy you know he he looks like me he may have had the same type of upbringing as me if he accomplished that then i can do it too and ultimately you know the more people we get caring about our national parks our public lands our environment is the more people that make an emotional connection. And that's what it's going to take for all of us to preserve everything that's here. More people having that emotional connection with nature. And then they, you know, quite frankly, at that point, they give a fuck. So this is what we have to do. We have to, you know, show, uh, put examples out there to make people think, yeah, if this person is in nature and he, and he looks like me or she looks like me, then I can be there too. Yes, definitely. I think that, 
a lot of people, you know, especially people with a lot of social privilege who might have also grown up with the outdoors, there's a, there's a default to uh, what we know of these things. You know, we, when we think of the outdoors, we're not thinking or generally not thinking of diverse people, people of so many identities, um, races, et cetera, uh, gender identities, doing these kinds of things, you know, we, we tend to think of, you know, a white person, a white man usually doing these kinds of things. So anything that is beyond that sort of common narrative is something to be celebrated. And it, 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 like you said, it's an example for other people to be to, to dream bigger, to take up space in places that they are not uh, getting invitations to. And, you know, of course, none of us get invitations to these kinds of experiences or whatever. But, you know, sometimes, you know, representation is, is it, it's so important because even though we might not be getting these invitations, we are still receiving messages sometimes in those very zones, like on a through hike or on a day hike, that our presence is not wanted or safe or, uh, and, and, and so to be able to do these things anyway, sets a, an amazing example for so many people who need it. I also want to give a little shout out to Chardonnay Walker, who's also, I know, she's, she's everything. Have yes. you ever met Chardonnay before? Uh, briefly an outdoor retailer, and okay. then we had a panel this past week for the Continental Divide Trail. Very cool. Chardonnay is, is she's a wonderful human being um, on the trail and off. And uh, she was the first, is the first known Black woman to achieve the triple crown as well and she did that a year before will so before you so yep. uh i just want to give her a shout out because you know she deserves her roses too she, uh, she really does you know i always tell her you know you're the first african-american person you're the first black person you know regardless of gender you're the first you know and yeah. i give her so much credit so much respect you know, she did this without big sponsors, you know, supporting her hikes and a lot without a lot of fanfare. You know, she just got out on trail and let her feet do the talking and just did the damn thing. And I think that's just so beast. Truly, truly. I should have her on this, too. <laughs> Definitely. So you said a little bit about how you started your through your, your first through hike in 2016, you attempted the PCT, you didn't complete it, complete it that year. Um, but before that, were you outdoorsy at all? Did you have any sort of relationship with the outdoors? Uh, or, or, or what was your, I guess, what was your experience outside at that point? You know, being a, a black man and being from the area that I'm from, outdoors for me was playing basketball outside, playing football outside, maybe going for a walk. You know, when I was a kid and living in Germany, I actually went camping once. And uh, we would go on family, like basically hikes on uh, the weekends when my dad was in town. They call them boats marching. And, you know, you might walk a mile or two and you get a little reward for it, a beer stein or a plate. 
So that was the closest I had ever done to like actual hiking. I had never been backpacking. I had only been camping once. I'd never been on, you know, like a trail trail before. And all of this was new to me. So I had to learn everything on the fly. Wow. Yeah. I, I similarly, I'm a late bloomer to the outdoors. I, I, I mean, I had a relationship with the outside in, 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 in similar ways where, you know, just riding my bike in my neighborhood or playing with my friends or uh, gardening with my mom. Uh, but we didn't camp or do any kinds of things like that. And I just only started hiking and camping like eight years ago. So uh, it's, for me, it's always really special to connect with other people who have had a similar experience uh, because outdoor culture, just also when you're this old <laughs> or older, it, it just seems so strange. You know, I, I feel like for me, even though I've had some really wonderful experiences working with some brands, I've met so many incredible people like you, but outdoor culture is so not representative of my lived experience. I often feel very self-conscious or just sort of bummed out when I'm in a lot of outdoor, like outdoor conferences and things like that. Like I almost feel like I don't know how to just relax and be myself. <laughs> so Definitely. one thing about that is I love being able to a lot of times have you in those spaces with me as well as an ally, as a friend, as a person who understands. Um, but it is, it is, you know, there's a lot of times in these places like OR, for example, where like, I feel like I'm one of very few queer people, one of very few uh, fat people. And I know that you're having a similar experience as well. So I am so glad that you are around and, you know, a part mm -hmm. of, of my community. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you noticed that outdoor retailer, anytime you look up, I'd be somewhere around there. It's like, okay, <laughs> if Jenny is in the area, I'm safe. I'm good. You know, I have an ally right there. So we're good to go. I can handle this. But you're right. You know, you get there and it feels like, okay, Somebody accidentally sent me an invitation. I'm not supposed to be here. You know, I mean, people kind of at times talk around you, not to you. Yeah, there's definitely, uh, I mean, I think most of the people who I, I meet in those spaces definitely mean the best, but there definitely. is, there is a disconnect for sure. And, you know, mm -hmm. It's just, it's, it's nice to see more folks um, who don't necessarily fit that the typical outdoors person, you know, I, I just I really appreciate the way that our presence is becoming larger and larger. Yeah. And uh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> like you said, most of the, the people there were super, super cool. But every now and then you would get those looks like, what the hell are you doing here? And, you know, that's why I go find Jenny. Okay, cool. I know I'm around <laughs> an ally. I'm good. Where's Adam at? You know, I'm good to go, strict. And that's why I kind of hung around the Merrill booth a lot. I mean, me too. I was basically making it my office, but also like, yeah, you know, I'll fight somebody if they do anything. They step a <laughs> toe out of line. So I'm here for you. Always got your back, Jenny. Always. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, I am curious about your life before through hiking, how did you, when did you join the army and why? Right, I, I went to the army uh, in 2000 
a year after I graduated. And, you know, since this is done, the unlikely hikers broadcast and we're going to keep it real right now. I went to the army because I was a bad boy. You know, I had, <laughs> you know, a lot of problems with the police officers and a lot of charges that could have gave me some serious time, you know, and don't be surprised. See, Akuna is not all, you don't know everything about me, you know, but this is the truth. And uh, I was going to court looking at some years in prison and uh, an army recruiter was happened to be in, you know, the audience that day. And I never saw this person before in my life. I had just turned 18 a few, like maybe a month or two earlier. And he gets up and he tells the judge, you know, he's a young man. He just turned 18 and he's trying to join the army. If he goes to the army, will you expunge his record? And I'm looking at this man like, what the hell? I ain't never said I'm going to join the military. My dad always told me I did enough time for both of us. You are not going to the military. But, you know, this man spoke up for me and the judge, you know, uh, he agreed to it. So next thing you know, I'm signing enlistment papers. I'm waiting my time and I go to basic training. And, you know, I took that second chance and I never looked back. So that's how I joined the Army from there. Bounced around to a lot of different places. Uh, you know, I went to school in Alabama to learn electronics for Apache helicopters. From there, I spent a year in Korea. You know, I was in Korea for 9-11, which was, you know, kind of a scary atmosphere out there, not knowing what's going on in Korea, you know, about what's happening in the U.S. Uh, from there, I went to Colorado Springs, Fort Carson. Absolutely love Colorado. And in 2003, at the beginning of the war, I was deployed to Iraq. I come from a line of men in the military who also joined the military because they were getting into trouble. And so I really appreciate you sharing that, you know, just being real with us and telling the truth. Uh, these are definitely unusual outdoor stories, you know, I, oh, yeah. I think I just, I just really appreciate your candidness and also just want to say that like, yeah, I'm from a family too, of <laughs> all of the men are getting into trouble. They're, you know, getting arrested. They're joining the Navy yeah. and the army and for real, for real. Also this is the first time anybody has ever asked me why I joined the army. I have to ask because, yeah, for me, it's personal. You know, I, I also, at the same time, to, to validate more of your experience, many of them also live with PTSD. And I have family members who have ended their lives because of PTSD um, from their time spent in, in the Navy and the Army. And I, I think it's an important part of your story. Um, so thank you for, for, for sharing that with us. Oh, I no don't want to sideswipe you with, with <laughs> too personal of questions or whatnot, but um, I like knowing who you are. I'm sure everyone else wants to know who you are as well. What, what do you prefer people call you? Do you prefer people call you Will or Akuna is an environmental thing? You know, it's, it's, to the point these days where I, I answer to either one. So I really don't have a preference. You know, most people that know me from the outdoors, they call me a Kuna. You know, people are here at home. Not everyone calls me Will. I have like many, many, many nicknames. So Will sometimes is awkward because more, more, more so my family uses it. 
So, you know, <laughs> long story short, I answer to pretty much everything. <laughs> gotcha. I feel like I call you both equally. I call you Will mm -hmm. and Akuna. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, everybody who is watching right now, please send us in your questions and comments. We do have a few. We're going to be moving into that uh, in just a, a minute or two. So go ahead and, and, and start firing them. Akuna, are you working on anything right now? Is there anything that you might want to share with everybody? I, I mean, I guess this is kind of a hard question considering you just, you know, postponed such a huge adventure and we're all on self-quarantine, but hey, I started a podcast on self-quarantine. So maybe, <laughs> what do you got going on? You know, I've been toying with the idea for about a year now of starting a YouTube channel to try to share more of the whole through hiking environment with people who maybe not through hike. So I'm looking into possibly doing that. You know, if people know good video editing software, you know, send it to my email, please do. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I think uh, people forget that this year's hike was actually going to be two hikes. It was the North Country Trail. And when I finished, I was going to go to Arizona and hike southbound. So I'm still keeping that one alive for the time being. That would be, you know, mid to late September, early October. I could still southbound uh, the Arizona Trail, which is about 800 miles. So, you know, right now, I couldn't, before I couldn't really do all the research that I wanted to do for that trail because I was planning for the Monster Trail. So now I kind of just throwing a lot of my attention into that you know, uh, planning out the Arizona Trail a little better and uh, hoping that the world gets back to, that yeah, won't get back to normal, but the world kind of calms down and I can still complete that hike. You know, if not, we'll readjust and we'll keep it moving from there. I hope you'll start your YouTube channel soon. I know I'd like to watch that. You are entertaining and, <laughs> you know, I feel like you are somebody who I would like to learn from, uh, you know, there's, you know, you go on YouTube and you plug in like how to filter water or something like that. And yeah. some of those videos are dry as hell. Um, you know, I think that's really what I bring to, you know, the outdoor arena and would be YouTube is I'm just silly. You know, I'm, some people <laughs> may think that I do that for Instagram or because of cameras. If, this is just me. I'm the biggest kid there is around. But, you know, the difference between me and a lot of people that feel that way is I don't care who knows I'm a big kid. You know, I mean, if you like it, cool. If you don't like it, that's cool, too. But it doesn't stop me from being silly. So I feel like I, I got something I can bring to YouTube that other outdoor people aren't giving yet. Most definitely. All right, we're gonna go ahead and start our Q&A portion of things. I see a lot of really great uh, questions for for you. And uh, this one comes from somebody who says, uh, I am a genderqueer person and live with PTSD. I look up to you, Akuna, and Unlikely Hikers so damn much. That's so nice. Thank you. Big time. Thank you. you. <laughs> how do you build up your tolerance to maybe less informed people while on a through hike? But what do you do when you come across those folks who don't get it and also feel mo motivated to let you know that they don't get it? You know, I, most of the people that you meet on trail will be cool with you being you. 
you know, you will run into the, let's just call it what it is. You will run into the asshole here and there that will have a problem with you taking up space. And it, it really depends on the situation and the time. You know, if you, if they're saying what they want to say and they're not in my area, it's like, it doesn't really affect me. But if you feel like you need to bring it to me, I stand my ground and it, I stand my ground. I say what I need to say, but we're not going to get into a shoving match. We're not going to get into a full blown argument. Once I realize you are not going to listen to what I want to say, you have it in your mind. I'm not supposed to be here in a discussion. And once you get your trail family together, you can comfortably have these conversations with people because you know, these people have your back, you know, nothing crazy is going to happen to you because they're not going to let it happen. This is going to be your family. So, you know, when you get out there, understand that you won't be out there by yourself. You're going to have so many good people who are going to have your back. And half the time, they're probably going to speak before you can, defending your right to take up space in this environment. So, you know, that's pretty much how I build up my tolerance. If I have to address it, I address it. And once it gets to the point where it's not going anywhere, leave it alone. Most people I meet on trail are awesome. And I, it's really important to me that when I do come across that one like singular asshole, that I don't let my experience with them affect my whole experience outside, even though it is hard to do. Uh, you know, there are days where certain comments can definitely, I mean, they affect me more or, or in a different way than they would on another day. You know, sometimes when someone's just being a fool, it's like, okay, they're being a fool. I'm going to move on because I'm living my gorgeous life. And, and, and then there's the days where I hear something like that and I'm just like, I'm inside kind of want to fall apart. But so it does depend on the day, but I am very dedicated to not allowing one person to ruin my good time on the trail Definitely. it does happen um when i'm alone it's a little bit of a different situation if somebody says something stupid to me and when i what i say that i mean if a lot of times uh I, I definitely get people who treat me like I'm in the way on the trail, maybe because I've uh, stopped or I'm moving slower or whatever the case may be. There's definitely people who will kind of like, you know, just sort of either say or give off a vibe like I am in their way from like them completing the thing that they want to do as if their experience is more important than mine. Uh, and, and, those can be hard situations when I'm alone. I don't often respond or retort because I, uh, you know, safety is an issue if I'm alone, although I am always Definitely. armed with like a knife and mace. So um, they can try. When I'm with my group, when I'm leading unlikely hikers, mm -hmm. I always say something bad. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm the same way you pick and choose your battles. You know, if it's a safety issue, that's the one you just let go. You do what you do. But if you're in an environment where you have support, you can kind of control what happens, then fly away. Just, you know, you got to understand when you in this world, you wear your armor and you wear your armor even on trail. And when people see you living your best life, that's when everybody has something to say. You know, if you, they ain't hating you, ain't doing something right. So, you know, just have your armor on be ready for those situations and you'll make the right decision. 
I know that's right. I fully, fully agree with that. Okay, this one. Okay, first of all, a comment from Dan Kosick. Hi, Dan. Dan What's wants going to do on, the, Dan? I know, right? Dan's here. <laughs> um, uh, he says he wants to do the, um, the Catalina Trail with us. So maybe we need to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, talk, we talked about it in Portland. And, you know, this is one I've been planning a little bit here and there, mainly for you, Dan, Bree. And, you know, some of the other ambassadors that kind of are interested in through hiking, but, you know, 800 miles is like, no, mm -hmm. I think it'd be a great time. 38 miles, like five or six miles a day, chill on the beach and just talk and learn from each other. I'm into it. Meryl, sponsor this shit. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we have a question from somebody by the name of Ashley Manning. Yard sale. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, gosh, I love her so much. Such a gem in the world. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so she wants to know what is your all time favorite piece of gear and what other outdoor sports do you like aside from backpacking? You know, uh, I'll answer the second part first. You know, uh, my favorite sports outside of backpacking. I don't have one. I haven't tried anything else because, you know, I, this is for I've, I've consecutively four years of through hiking. So it takes up so much of my plan, my time, so much of my financing that I haven't ventured out to other things. I really want to go rafting. I really want to do kayaking and things like that. So sooner or later, I'm going to be hitting you up yard sale because I know you are the dopest river guide out there. I don't care who knows if y'all don't know that. Ashley Manning, Yarsel, dopest river guide ever. So the first time I go is going, I'm going with Yarsel. That's what's going to happen. And as far as my favorite piece of gear, you know, uh, it's not actually equipment. It's not a sleeping bag. It's not a pack. It's nothing like that. Every hike that I've been on, you know, I carry a picture of my mother holding me as a baby. You know, my mother passed away in 2012 and, you know, she made me promise that I would change the way I was living my life, that I wouldn't hurt myself anymore. And I would try to, you know, get back to being the man who I was. So whenever I experienced tough days on trail and nobody was around, I would fish that picture out of my pack and just look at it. And, you know, I, that's, you know, what's got me through a lot of tough times. And, you know, when I'm, on trail, that's one of the things I constantly think about. I kind of have conversations with my moms in my head, you know, she was my best friend. And, you know, I just try to make sure she's proud of me, you know, but that's my most important piece of gear. It's gotten me through rainy days on the AT. It's gotten me through injuries on the CDT. It's gotten me through fire sections of the PCT. I mean, it's brought me through a lot of stuff, you know, she was the, the motivator and the love of my life, you know. That is a beautiful response to that. And I appreciate it so much. Oh, no problem, man. We said we was going to keep it real. So we're going to keep Hell it yeah. real, man. I mean, mm. also, you know, I have my favorite uh, pieces of gear too, but gear comes and goes. It's replaceable. Oh. I, I keep it with me everywhere I go. There's always one. Oh, gosh. Okay. For everybody who's going to be streaming this later, um, we'll just 
showed us the picture of his mom holding him when he was a baby and it has that wonderful like early 80s late 70s sepia tone oh yeah uh, <laughs> there's um, always one near me anywhere i go awesome i think we're gonna do one more question we'll see this is um jessica joaquin aka dollar blazing yes um, yes i know i love following them too uh first of all thank you and unlikely hikers for being amazing what about going in the backcountry alone i have a fear of solo backpacking because i am a woman and a person of color particularly native american indigenous women are missing and murdered often how would you recommend overcoming that fear should i bring something to defend myself i we'll take a stab at that just real quick and then i would love to hear what you have to say to akuna um mm -hmm. you know i don't jessica i don't know if we if i can tell you how to overcome that fear i know that just doing it you know starts to negate that fear over time but what you are mentioning is a very real thing and uh you know nothing that no advice that we can really give you is going to overcome that reality but uh for myself you know you heard me mention earlier that i always carry a knife a scary one and um i always have mace on me and i feel really prepared to use them i always have them on my body in a way that is super easy for me to reach i always have the knife clipped into my bra or on the outside of my shirt when I feel extra kind of uh, like I need people to know that I'm out here ready and uh, which is very rare I'm gonna say but also obviously like I am not an indigenous woman I don't I can't speak on that experience outside of being um, a, a woman I would recommend for me I know some people hate advice like be armed for me it makes me feel a lot better i i wouldn't necessarily say have a gun on you because we all know what happens with guns people shoot themselves they shoot their loved ones but that does help me and it it, it i do feel safe i do feel safer when i have these things i also you know i have a dog now and that is something although she's like such a lover but that is another, I, I have wanted a dog for a really long time because I was hoping that that would add another layer of uh, feeling protected for me. Um, and she's also part pit bull. So hopefully she'll get a little, I don't know, people will be scared of her, <laughs> but she's not, she's such a lover. Um, will, do you have anything to, to add on to that? You know, first I want to get a, a good congratulations for your 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 whole journey with that and getting out of jet congratulations on that jessica Hell and yeah. i will say in the context of through hiking in order to make yourself feel comfortable take the weight penalty carry the knife that may make you feel a little more comfortable a little more secure you know invest in a, a gps device uh sos device where you, if you feel like a situation is escalating you can press that button so someone knows where you are and if you want to take it a, a level further invest in one like the spot gen x or the inreach where you can two-way communicate with friends and family back home or with search and rescue so you can let them know what's going on and you know when all else fails if you're in these situations where someone just doesn't want to let you live your best life 
you may have longer days, but just keep hiking. Get away from this person. If that means staying in town or that means hiking a longer day, because I mean, even if this person doesn't do anything, they're going to ruin your experience on trail. So I say, take the weight penalty, you know, have the, the, the knife or whatever else might make you feel comfortable, you know, look into a, a GPS tracker device or SOS communication device. And, you know, the last resort, just alter your plan so you can make sure you don't have to run into that person because, you know, this is your ancestors land. So you should go enjoy it whenever you want to any way you want to without feeling like you don't belong. You belong more than any of us do. So go do you and just take whatever precautions you think that you need to take and, you know, accept the weight penalty. Trust, it'll make it to where you're going to enjoy that hike more. Hell yeah, that was really good advice. And and also, yeah, I want to echo that uh, you can always alter your plans, which sucks, but, you know, sometimes that's the way things are. I have felt unsafe on trail uh, a few times. Um, usually I don't, but I have also just decided to hang back for really long periods of time. Uh, you know, just deciding, well, I guess I'm going to have lunch here. And, you know, let whoever is around me uh, get a lot of, get a lot of space between me and them. And uh, also taking that, that time to just hang back does often also calm me down a little bit. So uh, also I wanted to say when, Will, when you say um, weight penalty, you're talking about like added ounces onto your. Yes. You know, uh, with through hikers, we're always thinking about how much everything weighs so we'll scale things down to reduce that weight. I mean, at times we'll even get rid of some comfort items that make our trip enjoyable. I'm not one of those people, but a lot of people <laughs> are. And I'm one that says, take everything that's gonna make your trip enjoyable. And if protection is one of those things that's gonna make your trip more enjoyable, then definitely take that weight penalty. Awesome. So uh, I, I hate to say it, but we are out of time. And uh, we had a lot of really lovely comments from people and I wish I could read them all. Uh, Akuna, I'll share those with you later. Um, mm -hmm. But before we close up, I would like to take a screenshot of us. So get ready and do whatever you need to do to feel good. And I'm gonna on the count of three. Oh, yeah. Pull this out for yard sale. I haven't taken it off since you've given what? it to me. It's kept me safe. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. I love that. Gosh. Okay. On the count of three. One, two, three. Oh, and look at the look at the um the actual camera. Sometimes I look at the screen and I look a little wonky. Okay. So one, two, three. Yay. All right. So that is going to wrap up our show today. Everything that was mentioned uh, at any sort of uh, gear, um, people's names, things like that, they will be in our show notes later. This is totally unsustained right now. Uh, there's no um, sponsorship or anything like that, which is probably a good thing so that we can be our most authentic selves. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, if, uh, if you feel moved to make a donation or something like that, there is, uh, a, there's donation links on all of our social media. So please go and find that if you feel moved. I know that money is tight right now. Thank you so much for joining us. I will see you next week and 
that's it. All right. Bye, everyone. See you later. <laughs>